das Leben ist kein Zuckerschlecken. Du bist auf dem Holzweg und jetzt haben wir den Salat. None of this means much because they are Austrian or German idioms, so to speak, figures of speech. But today we'll make sense out of them, provided we can actually keep it together. But before we do that, let's roll the intro. The podcast of the Germanic American Institute. Welcome. Welcome. Where Germanic-speaking European countries. Germany. Deutschland. Deutschland. Austria. Österreich. Österreich. Switzerland. Schweiz. Blend with the Midwestern United States. Hallo. Hallo. Servus. We are here and there. And we invite you to come along on the journey. Idioms, idioms, idioms. Figures of speech. This is actually going back to a student request that I've received about... Um, two or three months ago, asking if we could dive into how we speak in German when we don't exactly speak in usual, understandable patterns. But it's not just me who's going to explain this to you. I have Catherine with me here in our GAI studio. Catherine, how are you? Good. How are you? Welcome back from vacation, which is also something we'll talk about today. Thank you. Then we have, of course, the events that are coming at you here within the next few months at the GI. This is pretty much our show for today, but let's start at the lower hanging fruit and let's see if we can actually try to keep this together without breaking out into just relentless laughter. Idioms. Idioms are cultural, I would say. Yes, cultural, sometimes regional and always fun. And some of those, if we were to translate them verbatim into English, really make no sense at all. Uh, really, they don't. If you take, for example, Ich glaub mein Schwein pfeift, I believe my pig whistles, um, it's going to be a little bit difficult to pick up on that just in everyday language as a foreign language learner. How would you translate this, uh, I believe my pig whistles, Ich glaub mein Schwein pfeift? Um, I would express it or translate it with expressing um, profound surprise of something or at something. Um, pigs squeal, they don't whistle as most farmers that raise pigs probably know. Um, so it is a reflection of something that was thought of as impossible to happen. And hence the saying, I believe my pig whistles. It just rolls off the tongue, not at all in English, well in German it goes pretty smoothly. Would it be similar to the English or American uh, when pigs fly kind of idea? Um, probably along those lines, yes. Okay. Well, let me add one to this. Uh, das Leben ist kein Zuckerschlecken. I believe this is also commonplace in Germany. Absolutely. It translates literally to life is no sugar licking. Uh, in other words, life is what you make it. It's not always easy. You have obstacles to overcome. Das Leben ist kein Zuckerschlecken. By the way, all those idioms I will put into the show notes. So in case you're wondering about the spelling or you want to look up something in a little more detail, then you find all those idioms in the show notes of this particular episode. After all, if you want to put them into your, you know, constant rotation of German sayings, you need a place to start. Just make sure that you know when to use them and how to use them. Don't show up to class like that. <laughs> and make sure you let us know how it goes when you say to someone, life is not sugar licking. That, very true. What else do you have? I have alles in butter, which uh, translates literally in everything is in butter. 
meaning everything is a-okay. And that actually comes from the medieval ages when valuable glassware was transported across the Alps from Italy to Germany. And as you can imagine, the ride was pretty bumpy. There was no Brenner Autobahn or anything like that. And much of the glass broke due to the bumpy ride. And then one trader had the bright idea to put the glass into a keg and fill it up with molten butter, that whole keg. And once the butter hardened, the glass was very protected, even if the keg fell off of the wagon. Hence, it was all in butter. Nothing could go wrong anymore. So truly a historical application Absolutely, of it. Absolutely, yes. Interesting. I, I don't have one that's quite that elaborate, but ich bin auf dem Holzweg. Really meaning as much as I'm on the wooden path, on the wooden way, which really just means that I'm on the wrong track, that I'm not heading anywhere, that my idea, my ideology, my perspective, or my opinion is just simply in error. And the idiom, therefore, is then, ich bin auf dem Holzweg. Yeah, actually, when people were lumberjacks, and the Holzweg was especially made just to transport uh, the wood that was the lumber that was cut down to the river or wherever it was transported from. And so if people were lost hiking and they would find a Holzweg, really they wouldn't be able to get anywhere. They would just go to the nearest tree that was felled once upon a time. So it was the wrong way they were taking. Austrian idioms explained by Germans. Northern Germans. Northern Germans. Insult to injury. It's very funny. <laughs> is there? Is there actually? Uh, do you have any idioms that are particularly Northern German that you wouldn't find in Central Germany, and of course not in Austria? But is there anything that comes to mind that uh, is particularly Northern German? Um, you would think it would have something to do with fish, but I don't recall anything. I know a saying that we have, which would be. Um, Sturm ist erst, wenn die Schafe keine Locken mehr haben. It's not storm until the sheep don't have curls anymore. Um, so really, you know, any wind we get up there really isn't wind because you always have wind and then when the fur or the hair, the wool, I don't know what you call that in sheep, um, becomes straight because the wind is blowing so hard, that's when it's stormy. This is, by the way, really just sausage to me. <laughs> Uh, it was really sausage to me, means as much as es ist mir egal, es ist mir Wurst. Wurst, which is something you've heard time and again with Bratwurst and whatnot. So if an Austrian says to you, this is mir completely egal, so Wurst, this is having no meaning to me. It is inconsequential. Then we usually say, das ist mir so Wurst, meaning it's such sausage to me. Again, makes very little sense in the English context, but again, we're talking about idioms and cultural little ticks here. That must mean you have tomatoes on the eyes, Tomaten auf den Augen haben, because that um, comes from medieval Spain, where the tomato, or um, as uh, people say in Austria, Paradeiser, Indeed. Um, we say in Germany, tomato. Um, anyhow, the tomato counted as the fruit of sin, indeed. And um, people that were fooling you, thieves or adulterers, often had to hear in the judgments against them, tomates en los ojos, in German tomatoes, or in English tomatoes, on the eyes. And so for punishment, um, these criminals, um, 
had to run around with uh, potatoes tied in front of their eyes so that everybody in the city knew that they had been, you know, condemned of something. And so this public humiliation, of course, was diffi very difficult to bear for people that you know, were wearing the tomatoes. Of course, I have the appropriate response. Ich glaube, ich spinne. Again, verbatim translates to, I think I'm a spider, which is not a reference to Spider-Man. It just really means as much as, I think I'm going nuts. I think I'm going crazy. Ich glaube, ich spinne ist a, is a reflection upon something that is in the sort of unbelievable camp, things that you didn't expect, uh, things that seem just without reason and without sufficient explanation. They may be on the more obnoxious side. They may be on the side of of true surprises. So it's a pretty ambiguous um, idiom, if you will. But ich glaube, ich spinne, so I think I'm a spider, would uh, apply to this particular <laughs> to this particular idiom. By the way, uh, in case you haven't caught on to that, it is really difficult to keep a straight face doing this uh, from English into German. <laughs> yeah, ich verstehe nur Bahnhof. I only understand railway station, um, which is an excellent idiom to use in class if you know you're on the receiving end of uh, Günther or my lessons ever. Um, I only understand railway station stems back to World War One when soldiers were so focused on getting home from the war that the train station really was synonymous with a safe return and the closer their return date came they more the more they thought about the train station and forgot about everything else hence they didn't understand anything besides railway station anymore so the English version of it's all Chinese to me yeah Okay, makes sense. Oh, it's all Greek to me? All Greek to me. Yes. Something I think it's like Greek, that. isn't it? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Can we get there with the rail? <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, I have one more. Du gehst mir auf den Keks. I think this is actually more German than Austrian. It's possible. Could very well be. It means as much as you are walking on my cookies on my biscuits, uh, it, in Austria at least, gently refers uh, with a little bit of a, of a side eye, if you will, to the male anatomy. But it really just means uh, you're just getting on my nerves. So just stop it, knock it off, walk away from me. Du gehst mir auf den Keks. Du gehst mir auf den Nerven. So you're getting on my nerves would be um, the more high German explanation. It's just really mostly reserved for kids. And Actually, the word cakes was invented in Hannover um, by the Hermann Basen Corporation because he invented uh, the word in order to describe this product he was putting on the market, which was a cookie, of course. But until then, there really wasn't a word for cookie except for Plätzchen. Mm -hmm. So he translated the English word cakes well, he didn't really translate it. He just took the sound and made it a German word, which is cakes. Um, so, du gehst mir auf den Keks is very well known with us in Hanover. Yeah, that's why I was thinking that it sounds a little more German to me than actually Austrian. Mm -hmm. um, I have a very nice last one, den Löffel abgeben, oh. to hand over the spoon, which is a nice euphemism for to die. Um, there are different... Um, sources that say different things about where the saying comes from but the most dominant one is that if you were living on a farm with you know the um, working people there everybody every child every working person on there um, got a wooden spoon 
that they would carry along with them until they died, basically, or until they left the employment of that particularly, uh, particular farm. So they had to hand back the spoon. So handing over the spoon meant if you were dying, somebody else was going to get your spoon. You're like the endless repository of historical knowledge when it comes to idioms. Oh, they're so beautiful. <laughs> it's just grammar geeks, you know. Pop quiz. <laughs> What does Baba mean? Baba? B-A-B-A. Mm -hmm. -A -A. Goodbye? Yes. It's actually, uh, I think for English speakers, almost the easiest uh, version to, to translate from a slang perspective. Baba in Austrian is really used for bye-bye, for see you later. Of course, in an informal sense, you wouldn't, necess you wouldn't necessarily use that when you have a formal meeting or you talk to your boss. You wouldn't necessarily say Baba, you would just... Uh, Say auf Wiedersehen, but B-A-B-A, uh, -A, Baba, is the slangish version, Austrian style of bye-bye. Uh, What about Ungustel? Oh, I really have to guess with that one. Is it somebody that's not a very pleasant person? Very true. Der Ungustel is an unpleasant, unsympathetic individual that is just simply unappetizing, if you will, just somebody you don't want to be around. This might be because of the way they uh, behave. It might, of course, also be because they haven't taken a shower in three weeks. Uh, then somebody would be referred to as an Ungustel. And I have one last one for you. I think uh, you should be recalling that one from, I think, the old book, like two iterations ago, which would be, where is it at now? There it is. The word Leiwand. <laughs> Leiwand, uh, yes, means awesome, right? Leiwand means cool, awesome. It yeah. is really more a Viennese setting. Uh, I had never heard yeah. about it until I taught here with the book, the textbook that uses it, and I had to look it up. Yeah, the textbook, I think they had, I forgot what her name was in the book, but... Uh, Corinna. She, Corinna, yeah, she came from, from Vienna. Mm -hmm. And Leiwand is a typical... Austrian term for when everything is just cool and relaxed and laid back and you're really in tune with what's happening and it it rolls very easily. So Leiband, that's L-E-I-W-A-N-D and again you find all those terms in the show notes. But let's wrap this up before we get strung up into even more idioms here and let's talk about your vacation. Where were you? How long were you there? And what, uh, what do we need to know? Because I know nothing from where you came. Um... Don't fear, I'm not going to put up slides now online that you have to look at while I'm talking about this. Um, I went home basically for two and a half weeks to Hannover. And part of that um, then also was going up north to an island called Föhr. It's the second most northern island. It belongs to the Nordfriesische Inseln. Um, See that five times fast. <laughs> exactly. Um, it is beautiful. Um, The islands up there are just, you know, white sand, green um, flora, blue skies. It's not necessarily super warm. It is always very pleasant, um, although my husband doesn't like it for not being super warm. But you have the little beach huts, the um, beach baskets, where you can sit and try to escape the wind and just sit in the sun. But the really cool part about it is that we have the Wadden Sea up there. And anybody that is uh, going anywhere remotely there, I would strongly recommend doing a tour 
basically up there um, for several kilometers out um, the sea goes away with the tide so when it's low tide there's literally no water and you can walk on the bottom of the sea and it looks very muddy it is very muddy in parts um, you should if you're inexperienced always go with a guide because um, the water comes back more quickly than one would imagine and not necessarily in a straight fashion so it can be quite dangerous um, but it's a very densely populated ecosystem it's um, UNESCO World Heritage since I think 2004 or some 2006 um, and it is very very much worth going um, in case I scared you off you're not a couple of miles out into the sea we have these uh, metal stakes that are several meters up and they have this metal basket on top so if you get caught by the water and again it happens more than one would hope you can climb up in there and sit up in this basket and wade out the tide of course the coastal rescue also scans the horizon with their infrared cameras and if they see you they will come and rescue you to the tune of about 10,000 euro so oh no way yes it is very much advisable not to do that just you know for the fun of it the the landscape that you were just describing is there anything remotely let's say uh, comparably within the US do you know of any any such region maybe um, like Cape Cod, something along those okay. lines. But it really has its completely own flair. It is nothing... I have never experienced anything like that. So compared to the German that we are teaching here at the GEI, how does it differ to the German that is spoken up north? So everybody, of course, understands High German, um, which is what we're teaching here. But really, they're speaking Low German or Platt, and some people even speak Frisian which is a Germanic language as well. Um, it is really a mix, the Plattdeutsch, Low German, really a mix between German and English. So for example, in English you would say water, in German you say Wasser, and then in Plattdeutsch, Low German, you say Water. So it's really, you know, kind of in the middle of it. And even people that don't speak English necessarily when they come here and read it and they're from that region they're able to understand more than your you know run-of-the-mill German person. Which is one of the main reasons why we're teaching in high German because we have so many different dialects uh, regionally even sometimes from city to city from what I understand from Düsseldorf to uh, to Köln mm -hmm. there are different dialects at play and that's really just what half an hour 45 minutes worth of drive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's quite significantly different. Mm -hmm. Hanover as well. Hanover is not because I'm from there, but it's known as the you know most boring, purest form of German, really. I mean, we speak exactly like you're being taught here in the textbook. But then if you go 40 minutes away to Braunschweig, they already speak differently. It's the same in Austria, actually. And uh, I oftentimes draw that parallel that Austria fits about one and a half, maybe even two times into Minnesota. Uh, roughly... 8 million people living in Austria, give or take. And the distance from Vienna to all the way to the westernmost state of Austria, which is called Vorarlberg, uh, that borders on Switzerland, it's about five, six hours worth of drive at the most. So literally from the cities up to the Canadian border, give or take. And if you drop me into Vorarlberg, so close to the um, border to Switzerland, I'd be almost lost until they actually decide, well, I'm going to humor this guy from 
not here and speak high German. If they start in their version of German, I'd be completely just uh, pretty much like any other foreign foreigner. Same with me with Bavarian or Swabian too. Okay. When we've been in the Bavarian countryside, we've walked into a restaurant and the waitress said something to me. I had to ask her three times. I still didn't understand what she was saying. And I'm from that country. <laughs> yeah, and that, that, that's that's one of the reasons why we are teaching in high German. So, just to also clear up any misconceptions as to why German is not uh, German is not German. So, the unifying, the common denominator, if you will, is high German. Thanks for the little wrap up of the vacation. You're so welcome. Let's talk about events real quick because we do have a lot coming at you in the next couple of months. Let's start with the headliner of all headliners. That's the St. Paul Oktoberfest at the Schmidt Brewery. One of the longest standing events that the GEI actually puts on. It's Friday and Saturday, September 13th and 14th. And from what I understand, there are 20 some thousand people there within those two days. Absolutely, it's packed. And I'm looking forward to once again being part of it. And also at that point already have to mention a huge thank you to Paulana, who once again is helping us to make this the best possible event. And also Paulana, in case you are not aware of that, and we will talk with Joe, who represents Paulana here locally within one of the next podcasts. Paulana is one of the few authorized breweries in Munich to actually supply the true Oktoberfest back in the home country. Beyond that, we do have uh, the summer Saturdays at the House Café und Kuchen. That happens on most Saturdays. Of course, I invite you to check our website at gai-mn.org just to make sure that those dates that you have in mind are also truly available from our end. And just make sure, let's make sure that we mention that the cake from Kaffee und Kuchen is baked authentically by our German ladies club, the Damen. It doesn't get more authentic than that. Were those the same Damen, if you will, that were here at Deutsche Tage? Absolutely, yes. Okay, so for those of you who have been here during Deutsche Tage and had the opportunity to grab a piece of just incredible sweetness, you know what you're in for. And of the, for those who were not here, it's about time that you get here. So Saturday in the morning, Kaffee und Kuchen baked in-house. And of course, the coffee is fresh too. And if at any rate, our little cruise, if you will, excursion into the idioms made sense to you to the degree that you want to now know more, then we do offer a Schnupper course, which is an introduction to German. It's just a lighthearted two-hour introduction to German, so nothing big. There will be no test at the end, but at least it gives you a first touch point, if you will, a first sensational experience with German. You will learn a few basic German words and phrases and maybe even idioms, depending on who is the one teaching it. And of course, it includes coffee and cake, so Kaffee und Kuchen as well. Date is Saturday, August 17th, and it starts at 9.30 a.m. The class then starts at 10 a.m. and ends at noon. There's a cost to it, 25 per person, but that includes the coffee and the cake and the class. So this is almost the best Saturday that you can possibly spend anywhere. And again, of course, for registrations, please just hop on over to gai-mn.org. 
Other than that, last but not least, our classes are starting over after our six weeks session ends. We do have, I think, a two week break in there and then we're starting over at the, I think it is uh, September 9th with the advanced beginners and then September 17th with the true beginners. Mittelstufe Intermediate starts on September 4th and again all those dates and cost points and time slots and so forth all that is available on the website gai-mn.org and Samstagsschule which is the classes for kids and teens again uh, all the dates are available on the website starting in September also on the 14th so if you want to enroll your kids to get used to idioms that's the way to do it <laughs> just uh, my suggestion would be that you come here as well so you actually know what your kids are talking about when they get back home good plan good plan right I think that was it a little bit shorter of an episode we will have guests coming in in the future again and the standing invitation to you that if you do have any topics, any guests, anything that is on your mind that you want us to address, then please bring it to our attention and we will gladly cover it in the future. Katrin, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And that was it for this episode. We'll be signing off and we'll be talking to you again soon. Bye-bye.